previously on the Sports Refuge Podcast. Do you think anyone would have talked to me if all I did was share everything they told me and like never go off the record and like never keep anything? Like, are you crazy? From Delaware, almost live, this is a Sports Refuge Podcast. This is the weekly podcast featuring interviews with guests discussing their connection to sports. And now, here's your host, Earl Holland. 100 episodes are on the feed for the Sports Refuge podcast, and I am your host, Earl Holland. It's a special time as we celebrate hitting the century mark in episodes, and while there's no better way to mark the occasion than with an episode celebrating all things football. In this special episode, there are two segments, one featuring a discussion with Jersey enthusiast and Washington football fan Ben Penserga as we talk about the recent rebranding of the former Washington Redskins into the new Washington Commanders. Topics of interest include our thoughts on the name, the new uniforms, and whether the new look will yield future success. In the second part of this episode, I talk with Tim, the Beard Stewart, the co-host of the Authentic and the Beard podcast, about his interest in gambling and sports betting, some of his most successful wagers, and his thoughts on some of the prop bet wagers for Super Bowl 56. And now, it's time for kickoff in this football-themed episode of the Sports Refuge podcast. A lot of people have had their own thoughts and opinions on the recent announcement of the former Washington Redskins, former Washington football team, announcing the rebrand and their name. They are now the Washington Commanders. For those people who have been either in a coma or under a rock the past four or five days, uh, I am a self-admitting Washington football fan. Along with me is someone I've had on the show several times, including on several podcasts where we discuss jerseys and things like that. And he is also a Washington Commanders fan. And of course, you guys have seen him a lot. We're going to talk a lot about this whole rebrand and things like that. This is Ben Pensergo, friend of the show and Jersey expert and a Jersey collector. Ben, thank you for coming on the podcast, especially doing it on such short notice. But I know this is one thing that I had a feeling you would talk about and discuss and I know, again, it being one of your favorite teams as well, depending on how it's fallen in popularity comparing to the hierarchy of the other teams uh, that you follow. Yeah, no problem, man. Uh, always happy to be on and always happy to talk uniforms. First thing I wanted to discuss when it came to the whole idea of the rollout, we're going to have to go all the way back to 18 months ago when they decided to retire the previous name of the Washington Redskins. And I know it's one of those things that people who grew up watching the team and they're sort of in that mindset of like in coming to America when they're talking about Muhammad Ali and the barber says his mama named him Clay, I will call him Clay. And I know it's one of those things where people are going to still call them by that name. Some people are going to call him the football team because they want to call that. And there are some people, it may take a little bit of getting used to the calling in the commanders, but going from the start to the rebranding to the interim name to now, what are your thoughts about that whole progression? Well, first I want to say I thought the change was warranted. I mean, we don't have to really go into the discussion there, but I know a lot of people were upset about it and, you know, a lot of hand wringing of just like, Oh, you know, but it doesn't matter to me what the name is, honestly, because once they start winning, it'll be fine. Um, you know, that'll cure a lot of stuff. And, you know, when they did the Washington football team, I didn't mind that. And we're getting into this new name now with the commanders. Um, it's going to take some getting used to. But again, if they start winning, then it's going to really 
heal a lot, I think, and people will forget it. And uh, just like when they won the division last year, I'm sure a lot of people ran and got those shirts. People got hype. It was fine. So winning cures a lot. So I'm not I'm not really worried about that. But as far as the actual rollout, um, yes, it could be better, and I'm sure we'll go into it. And without previewing it too much, I think that what we saw Wednesday is really just Washington football team 1.5. And when we have a couple of years down the road, uh, I'm sure they'll tweak the uniforms a little bit. Uh, I even have read that they're already entertaining maybe another alternate uniform already, maybe in the future. So uh, what we saw Wednesday, I don't think it'll be the finished product. And I don't think that's going to be the uniform we're going to see 10, 15 years from now for sure. Yeah, maybe not even two or three, as you mentioned. I will say this, going back to it, I think the name change, it was going to happen. The problem is, looking at Dan Snyder, who is basically a pariah among Washington football fans, the biggest thing is how it came across, basically going back to the moment he said, you could print this in big, bold letters, I'm never changing the team's name. But then... I know a lot of people will say, well, it might have been PC and all this stuff that caused him to cave in. No, it was about the money, which if you've seen some of the several incidents that have occurred under his tenure as owner, that a lot of times money trumps sometimes moral responsibility and doing things like that, which is the, the biggest thing. And then I've told you this off the air and other times, but I always thought as a businessman, I don't know how he was so successful because seeing his business acumen and especially when it came to procuring some of the trademarks that he could have had to maybe make sure that people wouldn't squat on some of those things, they didn't do that. And then they end up having to fight an uphill battle of trying to purchase some of those names, try to make sure they could find something that hasn't been owned already. Those are things that should have been even thought about years ago even if you weren't going to change the name and you could tell it stinks of being such a slapdash thing that unfortunately it took a national incident not related to that in all honesty to make them change. It's sort of like one of those things where you're thinking, why change it now when it feels like money is the answer as opposed to being some type of social conscience thing? Yeah, for sure. I mean, that's what it is really. It's the public pressure that makes these people change. It makes everyone change. And I think it's a pretty good comparison to talk about the Guardians, uh, the Cleveland baseball team, for the same reason uh, that we are talking about the rebranding in Washington. And, you know, but that's fine. Uh, I don't really particularly want to discuss Daniel Snyder for a lot of reasons. And uh, if you check your news, I'm sure uh, you'll, you'll see some more reasons why we really shouldn't be giving that man any more time, but I am excited to see the uniforms, at least in action, because you know we've seen still photos of them. I saw photoshops of, um, I think the team had posted some photoshops of uh, some of the guys in action in the uniforms, but it's actually to see guys running around wearing them, I think that will, maybe it might change my opinion about them, but I got some thoughts. I know you do too. And they're maybe not all positive, but we got some thoughts here, I guess, to talk about these uh, commander's uh, uniforms. 
my first thing is looking at the uniforms, they're nice. One of the things I've heard was Arizona Cardinals 2.0 uh, when comparing some of those uniforms, especially with the faded numbers on the home uniform or the, I guess, the white uniform. I guess that'll be more the, the away one. I am wondering if they were going to be going all red all the time or are they going to go red and white? And that's something I, it took a while getting used to after going away for it for a while with the gold pants. And then they finally started going back in the post uh, the, the post Bruce Allen era. And they started doing that a lot more, but that was one of my one concerns. The other thing looking at it, and we mentioned this off air is looking at it. There are no defining stripes on the side, whether they're piping or anything else. And it feels so weird. And it looks like honestly a pair of pajamas, especially when you look at both the black and the burgundy uniforms. I guess Jim Zorn's uh, guess on the colors finally came to fruition when it came to the redesign. And that's another thing. Black, all black jerseys, it's been done to death from the Jaguars to the Ravens to probably the Raiders if, uh, if they even entertained that thought. And it's like, these make no sense of having an all black uniform. I would have went all gold if you're going to do that. I'd go all gold. And I know the color rush ones were pretty ugly, but I think an all gold one would probably want to bent better than an all black one. Yeah. And to follow up on a couple of your points, um, I'm definitely in agreement with the black uniforms. Paul Lucas, who runs Uni Watch, who is, you know, kind of the uniform nerd god, at least for me and a lot of other people, he has this term uh, black for black sake. And that's what Washington has. It's basically the catch-all for teams who incorporate want to incorporate black in the uniform when there's no real logical reason for it. Black's not really an accent color for Washington. It never really has been, unless you count maybe just a very, very simple stuff. But it's never been a prominent accent color. And it just kind of reeks of like, hey, I want to look cool, so let me wear black. Or like, let me wear a leather jacket. That'll make me look cool. And I just don't think it works for Washington. It's the same reason I didn't work for the Cardinals where they're all black uniforms. You know, we're both big baseball fans. You know, the Royals and the Mets went black for a while in the early 2000s. And I just don't think it's a good look. I mean, you have primary colors for a reason. So why do you want to incorporate black in there except maybe just for the money part and some more merchandising? And the other point, too, that I'll agree with you is I always like to have contrast with uniforms. And you were about the same age. We grew up watching uh, Washington at the same time. And the standard Washington uniform for the longest time, white jerseys and the burgundy pants, right? That was the Mark Rippon, Gary Clark, Art Monk, um, you know, Wilbur Marshall kind of uniforms. And it works because there's a contrast there. And what's concerning is that the uniforms that we saw, the white one, the burgundy one, and then the all black one, is that's what they all are. It's monocolor. And I just don't think that's a good look. I am worried that if they do go to a fourth alternate and it is kind of a gold thing, like you mentioned, I just worried that maybe they're going to look like 11 bottles of mustard running on the field. And uh, I'm not particularly with that, but you need to mix it up. And I think if maybe you pair like the burgundy jersey with the white pants or, you know, any kind of mix and match like that, even the I wouldn't even be opposed to like, you know, black pants and, and and maybe the white jersey or something like that. But just like straight colors all the way through uh, as uniform sets, um, that's just not my cup of tea. I will say this as well. 
even looking at the Washington football team uniforms, they really didn't have to change much. They could have kept it as is and just slapped commanders on it. I call it the Milwaukee Brewers Seattle Pilots situation where because the pilots were basically bankrupt, they were bought by a bunch of Milwaukee interests and the lawsuit went all the way down to basically opening day. And while the Brewers wanted to rebrand with black and red, they didn't have enough time. So they just basically used the seam ripper, took out all the pilot stuff in gold and just went with the powder blue and gold, which have been the Brewers colors. Of course, they've changed it to darker blue and, and darker gold and things like that. But they basically just slapped Brewers on and pl- replaced pilots and just went with that. Yeah, that's what I was saying before. I think that I feel like this is, Washington football team 1.5 and I think this is still we're still in a transitional phase and I forgot what the rule is for the NFL that you know once you have a uniform set I think you have to hold on to them for like maybe five years Um, so maybe at the five-year mark we're going to see some tweaks or maybe they'll just quietly retire some of these uniforms that we're seeing now maybe you know maybe they only wear the black ones maybe once twice seven times and five years and you know they just decide that's not it and they just stick with the primary stuff but i agree with you um you know if we're kind of just talking in generalities about things we like and we don't like if i had to buy one jersey out of the three it would probably be the white one there's a terps vibe to it maryland terps vibe which i, I don't mind at all i like that uh, i like how they incorporated the dc flag in there the helmets um you know the the W is fine. Um, I liked how the I liked how the W is on the front of the black helmets. I think that's that feels like a kind of a nod to military uniforms a little bit. So you know I enjoyed that. But things I didn't like, I think commanders on the red jersey is too big. It's like they put a fourteen font when they maybe should only have maybe eleven or twelve fonts. We talk about the mono monochromeness of it. I'm not really a fan of, but overall, it's all right. <laughs> That's all I could say. When I come back to it, I, I prefer the old Washington uniforms, just the the yellow and white on the sleeves. I mean, I, they could like have incorporated the, some of the old ones, like the Sonny Jurgensen. Uh, last the, the most recent one, the Redskins football team ones. Because yeah. honestly, they could have taken all of that and just maybe darkened the tint of the burgundy. And things yeah. like that. And even then, it wouldn't change. I honestly, I, I when you start talking about the Maryland vibe, uh, I started thinking about Maryland's flag helmet. Mm-hmm. What would have been nice is if they sort of did a burgundy and gold version of the DC flag with the three stripes and the three stars, yeah. but make it burgundy with the stars and stripes yellow. That would have been nice because, uh, I mean, whoever's out there, go ahead, take this idea and rebrand those uh, the helmets. I'm already over the helmets, but. I mean, I even like the numbers on on the helmet, which the Alabama nod, because that would have looked better. And the W, you just basically put black stencil in the previous logo. It's not even much of a change. And I, I just think some of the designs of some of the logos are a bit lazy, but that's my thing. The, the seal logo, not bad, but there was talk that they might have just basically lifted it off some soccer club's <laughs> logo. So it is, I mean, it is very reminiscent of that. Going out to the rollout process, the problem is, as we mentioned before, just I feel like while they did their due diligence, but there were so many incidents. Again, the owner's wife blurting out the eight possible uh, suggested names. That's one issue. The whole thing about the flyover, seeing the team offices and with the name 
in the window. That's another one. The logo looking, reflecting in the mirror when Ron Rivera or Jason Wright is looking at it in a video. That's another issue. If you expect this team to do anything right, you look at it, it's like this could have been done better. If you're going to go with the name, that's cool. But you, you could have done it better. I know. Let's go back to the Wizards bullets thing. Yes, a Poland knew he was going to go Wizards all the way. Yes, people can say it was a sham. People to this day have been acclimated to the Wizards, and it works. The thing is, at least a Poland didn't make it look like it was going to be this whole great thing. And we're going to listen to our fans, and I mean, technically it did, and some of the suggestions were bad. They were really bad. Some of them were not. But I think oh, the whole rollout was was botched. And even then, there were times on Twitter where they were talking about the whole parking party that, that, that happened. And the big issue was one of them released, it said Washington hogs. So how are you going to errantly leak stuff? I don't know if you're trying to do misdirection, some type of shell game along those lines. And, and even then it it all got foiled because a news helicopter flew over FedEx field and saw the name of the team in the window. It's just sloppy the way they did it. I mean, aside from uh, not picking out all the trademarks they wanted to keep so somebody wouldn't squat on it, and then basically you would have to pay a king's ransom to get it back, that was my big thing about the rollout. Personally, to me, that was the rollout. I feel like it was shoddy business and another line of of organization that continues to screw things up. No, I agree. And there are a lot of lessons learned. I think part of it is... When you have like big time operations like that, just those weird things fall through the cracks. Uh, again, if we can go back to the, the Cleveland Guardians, you know, they made the whole thing. They had that nice video. Tom Hanks was narrating it. It was all great. But no one ever thought to really do enough Googling to realize that there was a roller derby team that had that name. And it might be an issue if they both have that name and what's going to happen. So, it's just kind of a indicative of just bad planning, I think. And just, you know, there's probably a group think uh, part in a lot of organizations. And especially for uh, something that's run by Daniel Snyder, it's just like there's not enough dissenting voices sometimes for or organizations like that aren't empowering their folks to kind of raise their hand and be like, guys, have we thought about that? Um, because when you have those kind of organizations where everyone is just trying to pull and maybe like appease the boss, then you're going to have mistakes like that because no one is brave enough to speak out. And that's part of it. And that's uh, just one small part of the list of why Washington has kind of been uh, middle tier in the NFL for a long time. And when they do have success, they kind of fall backwards into it, I think. They don't really do that. I mean, credit where credit is due. I think Ron Rivera and the earnest changes I think they've tried to do in the last couple of years, I think they're in the right direction, and I think it comes from a good place. But when it comes to the overall writing of the ship, I mean, it has to start at the top, and the same leadership is still there at the top. So that's all you have to say about that. Yeah, you know, you're talking about the Guardians and we're talking about the name change, how they got rid of Chief Wahoo, because honestly, say what you want about the logo, the previous logo of Washington's football team. It was not a blatantly bad caricature 
of a Native American. How that got through for years. That yeah. was that's from the 50s, at least 50s, all the way up to 2000. So how did you go almost 60 years not thinking, except that instance in the 70s where they went with the with the funky C's? But how did you not think that that wouldn't look bad? Even you look back at the Atlanta Braves uh, going back. You look back in the 40s and 50s, aside from the 80s where they had the screaming Indian logo, even there was one that looked so comical that it looked like something that the Simpsons basically had ripped off as a mock logo. And and that's just, man, it, I mean, the Indians started in earnest. And then even, like I said, their rollout was done much better. The Guardians rollout was done much better than Washington's. The roller derby thing, be damned. I mean, that, that happened well. But another thing, the day that Washington announced the retirement of their logo. Another team in Washington, the Seattle Kraken, I was reading how they went through their whole process. They went through all these things. They weren't going to use totems because then that would be sort of going backwards after seeing everything else has happened. You learn from the mistakes of everybody else. They went with something that matched their city, something that matched their, their region, something that worked, something that I mean, they probably acquired the trademark a long time ago, even though I think it was like the worst kept secret that they were probably going to look at Kraken, but it, but they still pulled it off great. Uh, the uniforms look nice and things like that. I feel like that's the third team in this whole discussion. Yeah, we're not going to talk about the Braves. We're not going to talk about Kansas City Chiefs. Those are not situations that uh, regard a name change because they are not blatantly offensive and that and i know we're start sort of veering on you know what's offensive or what isn't as opposed to those things i mean the braves have their own issues with their celebratory cheer that they do all the time but i know i'm going off on a tangent here but i'm like this the three teams that you look at in this whole weird situation one cleveland who sort of did everything right except for the one little trademark thing in the internet and the website to washington that watched everything from the rollout and the Seattle Kraken, who pretty much their announcement of their team name came out the same day that Washington said they're rebranding and they're dropping the old Redskins name. Yeah, I think the biggest takeaway is that things need to be reexamined and we can't just say, oh, well, that's the way it's always been. Or one guy from 1960 said it's OK for the Cleveland baseball team to be named it is and carry that on. We have to evolve. We have to change. And if you just want to do the same old, same old, it can't fly. Just overall as a society, you can't do that. And I think people are just afraid of change and they just don't want to change. Maybe there's something in the change that maybe churns something in them that they don't understand or they don't want to recognize. But yeah, if you look back at some of the other logos we mentioned, I mean, we don't have to go through all of them, but Cleveland, there are some Philadelphia Warriors logos that I've seen. They're kind of in the same vein as Cleveland's was uh, back in the day. But for anybody who's like, oh, I don't know, why are we doing that? It's, it's like the change has to come and we have to adjust, right? I'm sure people who, when automobile was coming up, people were like, well, we got horses. They're fine. Like, why do we have to do that? Why don't we just use the same horses? It's the same. It, it just like... You have to recognize progress um, on a kind of non-political thing. It's funny you mentioned the Kraken because what I'm curious about 
is like 10, 15, 20 years from now, how these how are these names going to hold up, right? The teams that we have grown up following and watching over the years, like, I don't know, like the Packers and, um, you know, the Broncos, the New York Yankees, the Red Wings, all that stuff, you know, those come from a different time of before like focus groups and, you know, internet voting and everything like that. And those those logos and those team names were were pretty much organic or some guy just had a good idea and wrote in one day and they said, hey, let's do it. You know, the Kraken and the Commanders and all those teams now, they're still focus group tested. There's marketing. There are people, there are research firms that kind of do this and they develop and people, it's a little bit kind of like money ball. They're just like, well, people like Kraken, you know, and it just doesn't come as a light bulb that's going off. It's just like, there's something that's just kind of like a test tube right they just kind of make it in a lab instead of just being like well this is what it should be so uh, i'd be curious to see how those logos hold up because i was thinking right we haven't really had a lot of expansion teams in the last 20 years with brand new logos you know baseball had some expansion and the 90s same thing with uh, basketball and uh, some other things, but we haven't really had a lot of like brand new teams like the Kraken come up. And I, I want to see if they stand the test of time because like the Kraken is just kind of came into like for me anyway, I don't know, pop culture, like the last 25, 30 years, it's not something new. I mean, it's not a tried and true thing. Like, I don't know, the Rangers or something like that. So uh, who knows? Maybe the commanders get changed or maybe the, logos and all that stuff get changed not because it's people are necessarily offended by it but maybe just like it's not cool anymore mm-hmm. you know or maybe it's not selling enough jerseys or hats or something like that so you know what we forgot it's the golden knights had a lawsuit oh, yeah. with the army yeah. with the uh yes. with uh, west point and that's the whole issue apparently the army was uh not very happy that you were taking the name of their parachute team and trying to uh incorporate it as your uh mascot and we all know with seattle there's one team name that's there but they're waiting for a basketball team to come back so sonics was off the table from the beginning so we all know once if there's a basketball team that comes back that's going to be the team. I, I guess the Devil Rays, even they went with a rebranding, going from yep. taking the Devil out. I, I don't remember the full story about that, but I, I know that they went to the rebrand. They took the whole Manta Ray thing out and went through the rebrand. They went through three different jerseys already by itself. Yeah, I'm curious to see what is going to happen. And yeah, to your point, it's just, especially with rebrandings like the Guardians or the Commanders, which are very recent. You think somebody would have looked back and said, let's not do it like these guys did it because they screwed up. Or and they didn't have an intern or two. They're just like, the entire day, I just want you to Google every permutation of this team and see if there's anybody out there who might have the same thing who we might have a problem with later on. But I don't know. We're not running teams, so. Yeah, and like I said, we mentioned the story. There was a guy who held a bunch of trademarks for every Washington team just so he could hold on to it so that come money time that you could just buy him off if you needed to. And, and there were so many different names, and I think about that. Let's say this. If you had the chance to rebrand the team, what would you have named it? Was there an off-the-board name that you thought of? I know I was thinking of a few teams. I know – Defenders would have made sense, but the XFL holds the trademark to that. 
Sentinels from the replacements would have been probably <laughs> the next best thing. And I wouldn't have been surprised, but I, what Warner Brothers holds that? I guess it ha- has no use to it unless they're going to do a replacements to Electric Boogaloo. But I don't think that Sentinels would have been great because why not? If you're going to go that way, at least lean into all the different things. Stars, uh, how many other teams are named the Stars right now? Dallas, the, yeah. the hockey team, and uh, uh, that's it because I don't think there are any other sporting teams. I mean, even the USFL found a way to hold on to all their trademarks and they're trying to do the return and things like that. And they held on to every single, you know, over 30 some odd years, they held on to every single trademark and still have those. And they're bringing back a lot of those teams. Yeah, for sure. Um, It is tough. And I think that's the other thing where commanders is a ring true uh, at some point is because We've all grown up playing Madden, and a lot of these, I think we're already spoiled because a lot of these teams, if you did create a team, all these kind of generic names like Commanders, like Brigade, Armada, all that, we're subconsciously already familiar with them. It's not new because we, you probably made the same, you made a team that's named that uh, for your franchise mode and everything like that. As far as like other names, we were talking uh, before we started live streaming about just the other candidates, other finalists, and they were all kind of like, meh. I mean, honestly, if they had just left it Washington football team, it wouldn't have bothered me that much, really. You know, I was an early advocate of Red Tails, but I think you made a good point. If the team was going good, it's a great way to honor them. However, when the team stinks, in some way, I feel it's a little disrespectful for those folks who the Tuskegee Airmen and the other folks who fought in World War II. And like, I wouldn't want to kind of besmirch that reputation. So you kind of rightly so just kind of like turned me off a little bit on Red Tails just because I don't want a 3-14 and 14, uh, team being uh, like associated with uh, something as like kind of honorable as the uh, Red Tails. So. Would you have taken something like the Hogs? Hogs would have been fine uh, for sure. Presidents, I mean, the thing is the Presidents – I feel like it feels more of a baseball team name, right? Senators, you know, representatives, all that stuff. So, I mean, if you're going to go with the military theme, you know, admirals, armada, brigade, we were having this discussion. None of those teams have a readily easy nickname, right? Next year when we're watching Fox and we're looking down at the little score box there, I guess I'll just say Washington. I mean, it's not going to say command. Or is it going to say C-O-M? I, I don't know. Just dumb things like that. Because Commanders, you have to say the whole thing, and it's a mouthful. It's three syllables, so I'm not sure. But uh, what about you, Earl? What, uh, did you have any other kind of alt takes? Just reading some of the things from military people who just said, really, Commanders, people said, I've had horrible Commanders. I've had good Commanders. And Commanders are the people that send you to do all the dirty work yeah. and things like that. Commandos, I mean, at least that's a football atmosphere. I know the connotation with Commando. But just the fact that, honestly, that that seems a little more fierce for a football team. That you know, generals would have never worked just because the reputation with losing and the Harlem Globetrotters and everything else. That's one. Red Wolves was the trademark, and they apparently either they just didn't try to get the thing, or maybe it's too much money to pay for it. I mean, I'll take this back for a quick interstitial. I don't know how big you are in the television logos, but. Before NBC went to the Peacock, they had this sort of N, which was like a blue triangle and a red triangle. Mm-hmm. And what happened was they had stolen basically Nebraska's public television station logo 
which was the exact logo. And as a result, because they were going to Nebraska Public Television was going to sue NBC. NBC and their, I guess, as a mea culpa, basically said, we'll basically pay you to help you redesign your logo and things like that. Which eventually they end up skipping it anyway and going to the Peacock, one of the, like two or three versions of the Peacock. So it's like, you think about it, it's it really is why I think they didn't do the due diligence. They could have probably helped those teams, whoever the Red Wolves were, to get that. This way, you don't want to go Warriors. This could still sort of talk about the region. And maybe if you wanted to loosely associate with probably Native Americans without being any more insulting than they probably have been, that could have worked. But, I mean, we all know the biggest thing is now the fight song. The fight song now, which before they basically modernized it that was a very offensive song back then too i mean yeah. i don't know how they're gonna do that i don't know if they're just gonna keep the same rhythm and all that other stuff or they're just hail to the commanders i mean yeah i mean hail to the chief i don't know uh but you can't do that because you know there's the Kansas city chiefs and uh i think that's the other hard part about washington is what do you associate with politicians right okay for a myriad of reasons you can't have a team named politicians or anything like that for a lot of reasons, just because you just don't want to do that. It's just like if I played a word association game, I said Washington, D.C., like what else do you think about? Monuments, museums, yeah. bench chili bowl. I mean, mumbo sauce. Yeah. I mean, go, go. I mean, see, and the Wizards basically have bought most of that. The Monument Entertainment, the Capital City Go Go. Apparently, Ted Leone's is apparently. Uh, thinks a little bit better on the fly than Dan Snyder does. So that that's a whole different thing. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know. Like I said before, I think any people who are maybe a little like blase on the name change or uh, it's annoying. If Washington goes on a run next year, they win a division, they go deep in the playoffs, a lot of it would be forgiven. Some of that griping, I think, will eventually die down. And there's some diehards who will just be like, nope, I know what the team name is, and I'm always going to call them that. And that's their prerogative. I feel it's a little short-sighted, and uh, you're looking a little stubborn. And But, you know, it's a free country, right? So. I wonder how they're going to do throwbacks, if they're going to do any type of throwback. How do you do that now? Do you go back with the football team uniforms from the last two years? Or, which, uh, you know, I don't know how that's going to work or what they're thinking about. You know, I throwbacks know, are big money. I know any different uniform opportunity to make money. And, you know, I've kind of dialed back on, like, I'm purchasing a lot. But, I mean, it always tempts me. Like, oh, yeah, hmm, hmm. you know, but it's more of a baseball thing. You know, baseball does kind of the faux backs, right? We mentioned the Rays before. The Rays had uniforms that were designed kind of in the same vibe as the mid-70s, like Padres uniforms. And obviously, they didn't exist then. It would really be a little freaky for uh, NFL, too. But, I mean, I guess they could. I mean, I guess you could still wear the kind of throwbacks you were mentioning, uh, you know, from kind of the early, early part of the Washington days. And you just remove the logos, right? And you just keep the colors and you have the vibe, but you just don't have those patches and everything like that. But we'll see. I will have to ask you this. What was your thought on especially the NFL cracking down on the different variety of throwback helmets? I know they want everybody to have one particular shell to use for player safety. I mean, what were your thoughts 
on that. I know like when you look at the Washington homecoming ones where they had that sort of brown shell that's supposed to replicate the leather helmet, they can't wear it anymore. And it didn't make any sense where sometimes they'd wear the, the old team name helmet or they would uh, just wear a plain burgundy helmet. Yeah. Well, I think actually they finally relaxed that. And I think that's why it allows, um, you know, Washington to have a couple helmets now um when they did have it in play i thought it was just really no fun league kind of fodder right and it prevented us from seeing some really cool throwbacks right because i think tampa bay wanted to go back to the creamsicles so but nfl was like you have a pewter helmet you cannot also have a white helmet because of safety blah 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 so we're gonna nix that but i think there's a lot of possibilities out there uh for sure uh and uh we'll see it's funny when you talk about Tampa Bay. I always thought about a perfect redesign, mixing the current logo with the other one. Just a white helmet with the creamsicle face mask, but the current flag, uh, but change the colors from red and 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 a white and a pewter to a basically orange orange flag with the red skull on it. That would have been at least you would have, and the saber and everything else. That would have at least incorporated a lot of the stuff. You could still do creamsicle with. I mean, even with the current red jerseys, you know, I, I feel like that could have worked in a different pair of pants. But yeah, and it's all evolution, right? I mean, nothing is static, not the names, not the uniforms, and obviously not progress. And everything kind of comes full circles. I have a uh, Penguins jersey behind me, and, you know, that one is from kind of the Marl Lemieux early 90s uh, style with a skating penguin. And, you know, they went to the robot penguin with different colors and then they came back to the skating penguin in the same colors but eventually they're back to the colors back there the original the og Mm -hmm. kind of pittsburgh steelers pittsburgh pirates yellow and black so i can see washington probably come in full circle in a way obviously not fully but you know and maybe 10 years from now maybe it does look like the washington uniforms that we grew up watching again with like ernest Biner and and like art monk and daryl green I will have to ask you this, even though it's not Washington related. So what are your thoughts on the Nets NBA uh, city jerseys, which is an amalgamation of basically all the different phases of the New Jersey, New York Nets, where it's basically the Nets writing from the Derek Coleman days, the uh, the X's on the side from the Jason Kidd, Kerry Kittles days, and the dark blue with the red from the Buck Williams days. I enjoy them. The NBA like city edition and, earned edition or whatever the heck um all the kind of like corporate branding synergy uniform what they call it them i really enjoy them you know memphis kind of has thrown back to like the early 2000s with like michael dickerson and pal gasol and all that and you know it just kind of tickles my nostalgia bone a little bit and i like it i enjoy it you know the sixers jerseys that they're wearing it kind of gives me like a late 70s, early 80s vibe with the lettering. But the colors are different, so it kind of makes it different. But it still has kind of a tinge of retro, which I appreciate. Yeah, like the Spectrum type of font and things yeah. like that. I-, I want the Captain American uniforms to come back. And Noah's maligned as it is, they can modify that to today's taste and make it uh, – something that is a little more palatable for Sixers fans. I mean, or that rare rookie year Iverson one, the Dana Barrows, uh, Clarence Witherspoon ones uh, that was in between the Iverson rebrand and the uh, Barkley Captain America ones. 
one thing that we always talk about with a change of a team and in a uniform, the rebrand bump. Do you think this can actually help with the bump and success of Washington, especially their very young team? They got a very good defense. I know the biggest situation is quarterback, but do you feel like the change in the uniforms and that will bring the bump that often happens with a lot of teams? I mean, we saw it with the Orioles going to the rebrand right before 2012, and then they had that string of of success up till basically September 2017. Oh, for sure. One the whole rebrand is it's over so it's not hanging over their heads you won't have any more people asking about that now cuz it's over it's been decided and it's done you know the guys can just focus on on winning and the other thing too even for us who are like eh, i don't know these uniforms they're they're all right we're of a different generation it's the same for us who might have like poo pooed like something what like what the uh, Oregon Ducks do all the time, but the kids like it. You know, the, the young folks, uh, the people that are recruiting are into it. And I could see the same thing for Washington. I mean, just change their uniforms automatically give them an extra four wins. No, but it at least gives them something to be excited about. And who knows? They're on the cusp. I mean, you know, they surprisingly, even though they won seven and nine, they won the division a couple of years ago. And, you know, they kind of collapsed, but, you know, they were kind of spunky there when I, I thought I personally had kind of written them off and they'd figured it out. I mean, yeah, you mentioned it. Is Taylor Heineke the answer at quarterback? I don't know. Probably not. And the defense that was the strength two years ago, not so much last year, but there's still some stuff to be excited about. Hopefully Chase Young will be back and almost as good as new and they have a draft pick. Maybe they'll take a quarterback or an offensive line or something like that, and we'll see. I mean, it's a tough division. Like I said, a new quarterback could probably change the fortune. We're not saying someone like Aaron Rodgers or even Jimmy Garoppolo who uh, or somebody like that can Russell could, Wilson. Will be there. Russell Wilson, anybody else that we haven't named yet could be there, but who who knows? I mean, a quarterback could probably be the difference maker for that team and – you know, can mask a lot of issues and who knows. And we're going to look at that. Ben, I really appreciate you taking time out of your schedule to do this because a lot of people don't know that sometimes I try to get stuff done in advance, but this is something that uh, I thought I was like, Hey Ben, you want to do this? And he's like, yeah, anytime these are the days I'm free do this. And it worked out, especially on a Friday night, because I know people have lives and Friday nights are uh, times people enjoy after a long work week. But uh, Ben, what are ways people can talk to you about the commanders or uniforms in general or collecting jerseys, anything along those lines? Well, I mean, if you want to, um, I don't post a lot. I just basically retweet and like a lot of things. But if you want to follow me on Twitter, I'm at Enserga25. So that's P's and Paul, E-N-S-E-R-G-A 25. Myself and two other Washington fans, uh, Keith and Brad, you know, we have a movie podcast, Movies in a Meal. So if you want to follow that, that's on Twitter, it's Movies in a Meal. And we put out episodes uh, twice a week. We have a movie episode and we have a TV episode that uh, come out on Sundays and Wednesdays. And, you know, if you want to look for that podcast, we're on anywhere that you can find podcasts, basically, uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio. But, um, you know, those are the ways you can reach. But, uh, you know, I'm always happy to come on, man. This kind of intersects a lot of things that I am interested in, which is like uniforms and sports. 
and uh, you know that kind of things. So, uh, you know, and a little little dash of uh, my continued eternal love for GI Joe. So like all these things kind of uh, mixed together in a weird way. Uh, so, but uh, I'm happy to talk about it. I'm happy to nerd out on uh, things like that. They need to make a deal with Hasbro to have Cobra Commander to be the mascot because if they don't, they're missing out. Because I've already seen a couple of people like. If it isn't Cobra Commander, then what are you guys doing? Cobra I've seen a lot of memes. I saw a lot of memes in the last in the last couple of days with uh, Cobra Commander and Daniel Snyder, and um, just infer what you want with that. I just, I guess, I'll Cobra Commander go. apparently is more likable than Dan Snyder, but it doesn't yeah. take much. One of the parts that we're doing is a discussion of the betting aspect of the Super Bowl and some of the prop bets. And here with me to talk about his passion for betting, as well as some of the prop bets that we'll go over uh, for the upcoming Super Bowl, is the co-host of the Authentic and the Beard podcast. This is Tim, the Beard Stewart. Beard, uh, I really appreciate you taking part of this podcast and i'm glad that you're able to to do this I'm, I'm glad we were able to get this all together and and i definitely uh thank you for being on the show yeah i'm glad to be here man anytime i get a chance to talk about football anytime i get a chance to talk about betting i'm game so uh i'm definitely excited and i appreciate you having me on one of the first things I wanted to ask you is when it came to an interest in gambling betting, I don't know which term you prefer. I don't know if one <laughs> seems a little more boorish as opposed to one sounding a little more elegant, but how did you get involved in doing stuff like that? I was a person that worst case when it comes to gambling, I'll maybe go a little bit in the casino, do some blackjack, maybe uh, maybe a slot machine. But other than that, when it came to betting sports, I'm, it's out of my uh, realm. Well, I mean, for me, I guess, my mom used to play the lottery a lot when I was growing up as a kid. So like she would always ask me to pick numbers and I was a lot more, I was really lucky when I was young. You know, your luck changes a little bit when you get old and you get bills and, and life come at you, you know, but so that's kind of how I got started, you know, playing Keno was like the beginning when it came to like gambling. And then obviously when the, uh, the huge poker wave came over, I was big into playing poker, uh, online poker was a big, big thing for a little while. I started playing fantasy football probably, oof, I want to say 15 years I've been playing fantasy football now. So that kind of got me my foot into the door as far as, you know, sports gambling. And then obviously with the progression of sports betting in general, it's become a lot different. It's become a lot more approachable, a lot more, you know, uh, for the normal, you know, the leisure better. Whereas before it was like, it was kind of intimidating to do sports betting because you'd either have to be in Vegas, you know, like I go to a sports book, you'd have to have a bookie or you'd have to do offshore betting. And so now that the laws are changing, it's become much more accessible to, to everybody. So I think it's, it's become more fun than it has in the past. In the past, it might have been a little bit more intimidating. Now, the casual better has a lot more opportunity to get involved in sports betting. Uh, so that's kind of like how I got started, pretty much. I had two notes on that. One, I know when it comes to sports betting, I always see they're going to break your legs if you don't pay and things like that. And I think <laughs> that might be a thing that sort of may end up giving that stigma of gambling on sports. Of course, also always think of gambling. It's always, yeah, you think of football games, but I always think of horse races and stuff like that. And oh, I yeah. know that's such an, uh, 
obsolete mindset when it comes to that. I also uh, want to ask when you're talking about the lottery, I didn't know if you did pick three, pick four, because I always know that something my dad does. He always gambles the box. He does the box. So that way, you know, you're going to win either way, whatever order the numbers come. I always I, listen. If I'm playing pick three, pick four, give me box, give me straight, you know, <laughs> night and day. <laughs> My dad won so much money. It's like, oh, I use this. He, you know, he uses certain numbers, and and you know, didn't matter if they showed up in a particular order. Jumbled. He he, he made money off, and I know even my sister was doing something like that as well. So that's why I'm like, well, always tell somebody if you're gonna do the lottery, don't always just try to hit the home run for Powerball. Just do pick three, pick four, pick your numbers, go for the box. I I mean, I, again, I haven't done that. I always thought about it one time. Just maybe now and then, but that's something that maybe I'll do down the road. When it comes to, I guess, some of the betting terms when it comes to especially sports, I mean, I get the term spread and over and under. And again, I I might be just the ignorant uh, sports fan when it comes to betting because, you know, to me, it's not a it's not a huge passion. I like being able to cheer on my team and stuff. But when money starts getting involved, I'm like, yeah, because then the Homer side of you always starts to take over as opposed to the logical side where you should think, well, this team might cover the spread. But I mean, when it comes to terms like that spread and the over and under, I guess if you could give a little bit of a primer on that. Yeah. So, I mean, like, honestly, there are so many terms when it comes to gambling. I mean, it's like anything else that you do, really. You know, there's a lot of terminology that goes into it. And depending upon the level of better that you are, you know, if you're a casual better, a professional better, or, you know, you got a lot of money to spend better. Like, you know, there's certain terms that you want to know, but basic terms to kind of get people started, obviously. So a spread is a point spread. Okay. So if... A team, and when you look at the the lines, okay, which is what is basically the spread is called the line. Okay, so say, for example, what's the line in the Super Bowl is four points. So you'll see Los Angeles Rams minus four. So anytime you see the minus in front of the number, that's the team that's favorite. Okay, and so they are, if you want to take the, the Bengals to cover the spread, that means that they have to either they have to lose by less than four points. So in this case, it would be three points or win. So if you took the Bengals plus four and they lost by three points, you would win. Or if they won, you would win. But if you take the Rams minus four, that means they have to win by more than four points. Okay. So say the Rams win by exactly four points. That's what you call a push. So in most cases, if the push happens, then you just get your money back that you placed on the bet. Okay. Um, Parlays. Uh That's another big thing, obviously, that I wanted to include because that's a lot of what I do. So parlays are when you include multiple bets into one play, okay, which is your parlay. And all of those things in that you've picked in the parlay all have to hit for you to win. But obviously, the more things that you add or the the things that have crazier odds, the more money the payout is going to be. And then obviously over under, you know, you'll see that a lot of times. And we'll talk about that on the prop bets. You'll see that with point totals, uh, with player props when it comes to like yards, attempts, you know, touchdowns, all those sort of things. There's so many bets that you can pop. Like the Super Bowl is obviously like huge. So, you know, they add a lot more bets and and depending upon which book you're using to bet with you know a lot of games will have tons of options when it's to betting so those are just some of your like basic terms parlay over under spread 
Uh, money line means you're just picking the team to win outright, not necessarily by the spread. So those are just kind of your basic terms that casual bettors will need to know going into betting, whether you're betting the Super Bowl or any other sporting event. What goes into the process of making a wager on a particular game or a particular aspect of a game? I mean, there's a lot, obviously. You know, it really depends on on what you're betting. You know, like some people will just bet. They're like really casual bettors. Like, you know, with me, I put a little bit more work into it. Like we do a show every Sunday on our YouTube channel where we go over each game. We go over, you know, players we like fantasy wise. We'll go over who we think is going to win and if they'll cover the spread what, or if we're going to go over or under the point total. So for me, we'll stick to football, obviously, you know, specifically. But for me, it's like a lot of it's gut, you know, and a lot of it is watching. Like I watch a ton of football like it's part of my job to watch football so for me like i have a lot of study that goes into it just off of the eye you know but obviously sometimes you you want to look at trends sometimes it's easy to get caught up in trends though like okay this team is 12 and 0 on monday nights against the nfc north you know so you're like oh man this is an easy one right but those are the ones that kind of will get you in trouble because eventually somebody's going to break that streak so sometimes you, you want to watch trends to a certain extent. Um, I like to look at the last three games or last five game stretches, especially when it comes to like player props. I want to see if the team had played the, uh, that team previously. I want to look at, you know, obviously like defensive and offensive matchups, run defense versus run offense, things of that nature, you know. So just those little things can kind of push you one way or another. So that is a. Uh, some of the things that will go into it for me obviously you want to look at you know if you're doing like over under on the point totals you want to look at what each team is averaging point wise what their defense is giving up kind of come up with a number that way so you kind of have like a lot of little things that goes into making the bets but and you want to be cautious of how much you're betting depending upon what type of better you are obviously you know like i never would bet just one game the favorite because I don't bet enough money for that to be profitable for me. Like you'll, you'll see some people be like, I'm betting a hundred thousand dollars on the favorite. And that hundred thousand dollars might only win you $10,000, you know, on top of your a hundred thousand that you laid down. So for me, it's like, if I'm only betting $20 <laughs> on a game, I'm not going to just bet $20 on the favorite to win because to me, it, it's not, you know, profitable. Uh, so I kind of try and find the best value. I think that's the most important thing is if you're a casual better or if you're, you know, like a better like me that bets every weekend, then you want to find, uh, you know, the best value. So, you know, obviously I, I, I have a couple of value plays that I think are good for the Super Bowl that will go over when, when we're going through some of the bets. But I think that's the most important thing is to find value, trust your gut. And just do a little bit of studying. Like, it's easy to be like, oh, my God, this guy said this and that guy said that. So I'm going to go with them. You know, like you can do that. But for me, it's not fun. Now, I, I want gambling to be fun. I want betting to be fun because what it does is, is it brings a different level of watching the game. And for me, like I watch the games very closely because of what I do for a living. I do football as part of how I make a living. So it's like. I have to pay attention. So like you, you pay attention to the details. And when you're doing fantasy, it's like you have involvement in every game. It's not just the team that you're rooting for. So especially when you're a Washington fan and it's tough 
to root for your team all the time. You know, it's good to turn on red zone after a loss, you know, and and you got a lot of things going on. So to me, it's just make sure you're having fun, you know, find value, do a little bit of studying and trust your gut. Those will be my beginning entry level advice before making bets. Now, this is a question I want to ask. It's up to you whether you want to answer. What's the biggest win that you got? Uh, the biggest uh, wager that you won on? Ooh, I mean, okay, so I got a few. So I, I've got a couple of good horse racing ones. Uh, I won big at Churchill Downs once. We went down for a buddy of mine's bachelor party, and we went to Churchill Downs, and they had night racing that, that night. So I don't drink anymore either, okay? So I, I in my early stages of gambling, I was a drunk, but now I'm not I'm no longer a, a an active drunk, you know? So I like for me, you know, like gambling's a lot easier when you're not drinking. I'll tell you that one. But anyways, I won on a nice bet on uh on a night race in Churchill Downs. Long shot. I bet like 10 bucks on the exacta and and hit some good money. And then uh I won once at the uh, at Laurel Racetrack in uh, Maryland. That was another nice little bet. Um, football wise, the most recent ones, it was I forget what Super Bowl it was. It was the maybe the Chiefs first. I guess it was the Patrick Mahomes. I had Patrick Mahomes rushing touchdown as the first score of the game, and that paid out pretty well. That was a nice one. And then um, I hit on a DraftKings basketball once which was about a thousand dollars and i thought i had won six thousand so i went to sleep thinking i I was it said i was first place six thousand right so i'm like waking up the next morning i'm about ready to buy tickets to go to california for me and my fiance who was my girlfriend at the time and like i'm like super excited so before i do it i go and i look and i realize that there was a stat adjustment which knocked me from first to like, uh, I think it was like third or fourth. So from mm. like 6000 to 1000 So still, it was a good good payday on like a you know $5 entry. And then mm. the one of the biggest bets I ever made was the Patriots-Falcons Super Bowl. I w- was not feeling well, and I went to a Super Bowl party. And maybe like two, three minutes before halftime, well, it might have been a little bit earlier before that, but I, I just, well, I was sick as a dog. And so I had to leave the party and go home. And I was like blown away at the score. I, I was so sick that I couldn't even really like fathom what was happening, you know, because everybody I think was kind of shocked at that point. And I took the Patriots to win. So that was the in-game betting. So a lot of these places you can do in-game betting. You can make a bet in the middle of a game. Or at any point in time during the game, you can make a bet. And the lines are always fluctuating. So sometimes like you, if you see like a favorite is down by a lot and you're going to get a crazy number on them, it might be worth the gamble to take them because they might come back a la the Patriots. So I, that was probably one of my biggest uh, wins was the Patriots to win that Super Bowl after they were down, what was it, 20? 28 to 3, I believe. 28 to 3, yeah. Yeah, so I took that bet and that won me a pretty penny. So yeah, those are those are some of my highlights of my uh, recent betting career. And now one of the things that we're going to get into are discussions of the prop bets. I took a number of prop bets from different websites, and I think uh, pertaining to the game. And I know that's going to be um, oh, one of the things that I know some people are going to be interested in because those are little little bets here and there that maybe people may not make a huge huge. Uh, 
uh, bet on, but you never know. It's some, fun. Sometimes it's fun. Yeah. If you're at a Super Bowl party, you know what I'm saying, and you get a couple of friends together, because now it's like, it, depending on what state you're in, all you got to do is pull up your phone and you can make bets. So it's like, you know, it's kind of something that's like, it's very interactive. It, it, betting can be very social, you know, like especially in a, in, in a setting of like a Super Bowl party. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and first thing we do, we're going to talk about prop bets. And the first thing we start off with, as with every Super Bowl, is the Star Spangled Banner length. Mickey Guyton will be singing the banner. The question, your your thoughts, will it be over or under 95.5 seconds? Okay, so this is my suggestion for this bet. I would go to YouTube. And I would find an example of the person who is singing the Star Spangled Banner, singing the Star Spangled Banner. And I would count, I would see how long it they sung it the last time they sung it, if they've done that. So that would be my like edge. I'd be like, okay, so last time they sung the Star Spangled Banner at the basketball game, they sang it under. You know, so like and I mean, I mean, it's kind of weird because you never really know because it's like in the Super Bowl, everybody kind of does it a little bit extra when they do the the Star Spangled Banner. You know, everybody want to be Whitney Houston. You know what I'm saying? So it's like you kind of always add a little bit of time, I think. But I think the best way to make a decision on that bet is uh, to try and find some recent history of the person who's singing it already singing the Star Spangled Banner. Uh, probably would take the over just because I think most people try to be extra on the Super Bowl. So I typically don't do too much looking into things until like around Thursday, Friday, Saturday, because I don't want to be like making my picks. And then like by the time like Sunday comes around, I'm like, oh, my God, I don't know. I think I need to change that. So like I kind of start to like really like pile into it then. But that's what I'm going to do is I'm going to try and research some of that stuff, try to find my edge. But I typically take the over on the Star Spangled Banner in the Super Bowl because people want to be extra. Yeah, and I'm hoping someone doesn't go like Marvin Gaye where it's probably at least a good two minutes. Uh, I mean, you know, it, it happens, and if it's good enough, they should have one, whether someone will flub the lines or not, because that always tends to happen every now and then. Coin toss, heads or tails? I know it's a 50-50 I mean, proposition. Tail, <laughs> tails never fails, man. I, I Listen, if I'm going to bet the coin toss, and listen, that, that's what, remember I told you about trends, right? You're like, hey, you know, tails never fails. Of course I'm going to bet tails. But then on the inside of your head, you're like, what if it's heads? Maybe I should go heads. So, like, I mean, trust your gut. If I'm betting the coin toss, I'll I'm gonna stick with the rule. Tails never fails. Yeah, Josh Allen really should have listened to that. I mean, it didn't hurt Joe Burrow, but it, you know, Josh Allen probably should have went with tails never fails. First offensive play, run or pass? Listen, you picked some good ones. I'll tell you that much. I think. I'm going to go run because, listen, if you've ever watched Authentic in the Beard, I am a big run the damn ball guy. I preach the run game. I'd say, you know, I wanted Washington to run the ball 35 to 40 times a game was my my roadmap, as we like to call it on Authentic in the Beard, to victory. And they did it for a nice little stretch. And then they got away from the run game and, you know, went downhill. But I think both of these teams obviously have – you know, very, very efficient passing games. And, but I think that the run game is critical to the effectiveness of their passing game. So I believe that both of these teams are going to try to establish the run early. 
So I am going to go with the run play. First score of the game, will it be a touchdown, a field goal, or a safety? Something we haven't seen since that uh, Broncos-Seahawks Super Bowl where everything just went nuts. But uh, of those three, which one do you think will most likely occur first in the first score of the game? Uh, I'm going to go field goal. I think most of the time you get a little bit more um, jitters when it comes to the Super Bowl. And you got to remember that both of these quarterbacks are playing in their first ever Super Bowl. I mean, you know, Joe Burrow's played in the national championship. Joe Burrow is Joe Burr. Joe Burrow is Joe Cool. Matthew Stafford is Matthew Stafford. I mean, these two teams, these two guys, they're studs. I love both of these teams. I'm kind of upset that they're both playing each other because I would like to pick both of them but i think it's going to be a little bit of a slow start um so i'm going to go field gold Mm -hmm. and i think that really that when you look at the kicking game of uh the Bengals, that's what got them to the show so who knows they might trust mcpherson to get that and you never know especially uh depending on where the situation is i Uh, like mcpherson to kick at least two field goals. That's a little That's a little bit of a throw-in for you guys. I like McPherson to kick at least two field goals in this game. Which team will score first, the Bengals or the Rams? <sighs> who gets the ball first? <laughs> <laughs> I know a lot of these things are, are dependent uh, on who wins the coin toss yeah, and what the coin yeah, toss yeah, is. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm going to go... Uh, I'm going to go Bengals score first. I think McPherson gets the Bengals on the board first. First turnover, fumble, interception, or turnover on downs? Turnover on downs. Yeah, I think someone's going to be risky. Sean McVay, you know, they, that's, I just, that's, that's obviously the least likely of the three, I would imagine, but I think turnover on downs is going to be the first one just because uh, Sean McVay loves to go for it on fourth down. First accepted penalty, will it be the Rams or the Bengals? I'm going to go. So first accepted penalty. So which team accepts the penalty or who who's the penalty on first? That's yeah, I think I, who will get it was it seems I know it seems very uh, vague too. I'll just say the first team to commit committing? a penalty that will be accepted. It's gonna be the Bengals holding, trying to protect Joe Burrow. <laughs> yeah, especially against Aaron Donald in that front. First to ten points. Will it be the Rams? Will it be the Bengals? Will it be neither? Will we have one of those ugly, ugly games like Patriots Rams? Uh, I'm going to go with the Rams. The Rams are going to get to 10 first. Will either team score in the last two minutes of the half? Yes or no? Yes. Now we move to halftime. First halftime show song. Still Dre. Uh, The next episode, California Love, Family Affair, or Other? The next episode. You know, I want to say that they're going to start off with Eminem, and I feel like he's either going to be forgot about Dre or Hi, My Name is just because it just seems like you wouldn't have expected those guys to be together in a performance. I, I would personally take other because you never know, and I'm hoping well, yeah, that they do play that. And you know, it might even just, we might get Mary J just come out, you know what I'm saying? Ladies first, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. We'll let Mary J. Blige come out and, and, and rock it, you know? But at the same time, it's like you got to come out, John, like with a banger first, you know what I'm no, saying? Yeah. And get everybody a little hyped up, you know. So uh, I, I think about, you know, I mean, that's a tough one. It could go any direction. You know how these halftime Super Bowl shows be too, man. Oh yeah, and this might actually be the one I actually tune into for a very long time. Uh, you yeah. know, nothing wrong with the weekend, but you know, it, it got a little <laughs> weird. It got a little weird. I mean, Let's be honest. Hey, look, 
it gave us a great meme, though. I mean, that running through the funhouse, I mean, that thing made its way around the internet for a whole good year, man. <laughs> <laughs> Will all five performers team up for a song? I'd have to go look into the catalog. So that would be Kendrick Lamar, Dre, Snoop, Eminem, and Mary J. Blige, right? Mm-hmm. That's all five of them? Yeah. I mean, they don't have a song together, so I don't know how they would do that. I, I don't know if they counted if, like, you blend the song together or if, you know, somebody drops a verse from one of their other songs on somebody else's song. So I would say no hmm. based on that. Will there be a scoreless quarter in the game? Absolutely not. Total number of players attempting a pass over 2.5 or under 2.5? So basically, this would mean that you'd have Joe Burrow, you'd have Matthew Stafford. You would just need one trick play. I don't see the Bengals doing it. Obviously, you know, Sean McVay, we had the Odell to Cam Akers pass at one point. I'm going to go under two and a half. Yeah, because I was thinking if there was some player that had some QB experience, like if there were Niners... Uh, Bengals, I'd see Muhammad Sanu probably get a pass off, but I, I don't know in this situation unless somebody's just waiting. And that's hard. So I, I'd probably say under myself. Okay. Most passing yards, Matt Stafford, Joe Burrow, or someone else. Like, I, this is so tough for me. Like, you brought me on to give me these answers for a game that I really like. So I only lost one game, one pick on the playoffs this entire playoffs. Okay, the only game I lost was San Francisco versus Green Bay. I picked the winner correctly in every single game besides that game. So I picked both of these teams to get to the Super Bowl. I just... uh, I'm going to go with Matthew Stafford because I I truly honestly believe that it's going to be close, and I think both of these guys have a chance to go over 300 yards, but I still think that Joe Mixon might be the difference maker in this game. So I think I'm going to go with Matthew Stafford for most passing yards, but it's going to be very, very close. Speaking of Joe Mixon, most rushing yards, Cam Akers, Joe Mixon, or someone else? Okay, I absolutely love Cam Akers, okay? And so the Rams were my early season pick to win it all when cam Akers got injured i got worried about them because cam Akers is a absolutely special special running back i know he's had a rough playoffs but i mean the kids coming back from a torn achilles in the same season i'll although be it preseason and postseason you know but still in the same calendar year to come back on a torn achilles as a running back uh, is just absolutely unheard of. But the kid is special. He's super versatile, can catch the ball, can run the ball. Um, so I, I And I love Sony Michelle. I thought that was an absolutely amazing pickup. Um, obviously, you know, Daryl Henderson was, was running the rock extremely well, too, for the Rams. But, you know, we, we know what happened to him. So Joe Mixon, I got to go Joe Mixon. Joe's the guy in Cincinnati. P. Ryan, who we're both familiar with, you know, is there. And, and, and you know, he'll take a little bit of burn. And Chris Evans might get a touch or two in a game. Uh, young kid, rookie. I uh, uh, love that guy, too. We'll keep your eye on him in the future. Um, but, I, I mean, with the Rams, it's just there's so many people touching the ball that I would go with Joe Mixon. 
Most receiving yards, Cooper Cup, Jamar Chase, or someone else? And listen, both of these guys can go ham. You know that. We've seen Jamar Chase go 200-plus yards receiving multiple times. Okay? Cooper Cup, though, has the consistency. And with Cincinnati, I think one of the things that's so special about them and, and Joe Burrow is the ability to, to spread the ball around. You know, if they're if they're doubling down on Jamar Chase, or or if you know Jalen Ramsey's locking down Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, you've seen T. Higgins come up big during this postseason. So he's a guy you know that could step up if Jamar Chase can't make the plays. And let's not forget about Tyler Boyd. And they're going to be hurting that tight end, obviously. You know, the Cincinnati Bengals. But I still think that. There's a lot of people to spread the ball there, just like with the Rams, though, too. I mean, let's not forget Odell Beckham's probably coming off of his best game as a Ram. And shout out to Odell Beckham. I'm a big Odell Beckham fan. I'm glad to see him doing well and performing well and getting a chance to play in the Super Bowl. There's so many storylines in this Super Bowl. It gets crazy. But I'm going to go with Cooper Cup just because of the pure consistency so far uh, this season. Gatorade color. Will it be a combination of lime green and yellow? Will it be clear or water? Will it be red or pink, blue, orange, or purple? I know there's so many options to choose from. I don't know where they would go when it comes to the Gatorade color. Okay. So what's crazy about this is is my fiance's mother wanted me to place a bet for her last Super Bowl on the Gatorade color. And when I went to go place the bet at the sports book, it had been taken off of the board, which sucked. Um, but so that's another thing too. You got to keep your eye on some of these bets might get taken off the board. So uh, definitely keep your eye on whichever book that you're using. Now for me, if I think the Bengals are going to win, I would go back and watch as much Bengals sideline footage as possible this season and see what color Gatorade they're drinking. So I can, if I think the Rams are going to win, I would go back and look at some sideline footage and see what color Gatorade they're drinking. Now, for me, I'm an old school guy, okay? So, you know, we had orange and we had lime. Those were our two colors. But uh, these days, you never know. I'm going to go, I'm going to go orange. I'm going to go orange. Let's keep it old school. I'm going to go orange. <laughs> Will either team score in the last two minutes of the fourth quarter? Yes. Yes, yes. Total combined points over 48 and a half or under 48 and a half? This has been one of the toughest things for me to decide. Um, I've been leaning more and more towards the under for this game. Um, now I think it's going to be close. I just don't know if... It feels like a gamble to take the under with these two offenses. But I think the Cincinnati Bengals defense is very underrated. I think more people now, because they're in the Super Bowl, have taken uh, notice of their, their defense. Um, and obviously the Rams have you know stud after stud after stud on their defense. I'm going to take the under. I'm going to take the under. What a gamble. Who's the Super Bowl MVP? Matt Stafford, Joe Burrow, or someone else? Okay. So, if you were looking for a value pick for MVP, Joe Mixon. Joe Mixon, I think, is his odds are, I want to say 40 to 1 last. I think that's what it is. I could be mistaken. But uh, Joe Mixon's value is very good. 
Uh, I think Joe Mixon has an opportunity. If if you want to go outside of the quarterback, okay, and you're looking to get more bang for your buck, I would go with Joe Mixon. Then I'd maybe go Jamar Chase, Cooper Cup. And then if I had to pick a quarterback, because I think I'm going to go with Joe Burrow for MVP. If I'm looking for like a, you know, not necessarily a crazy underdog, I'm going to go Joe Burrow. Who wins? Rams, Bengals. I have been picking the Bengals every week. You know, and I was talking about the Bengals at one point in the middle of the season. I said to my co-host, Authentic, I said, man, this, 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 this is a team, man. This is a team. They had some huge wins in the middle of the year. <clears throat> and I just think it's tough for me because, like I said, I really love the storylines. There's, I, I, You can't lose, okay? If the Rams win, Matthew Stafford gets his ring. You know, Sean McVay gets his ring. Odell Beckham gets his ring. Von Miller, Aaron Donald, Jalen Ramsey. You know, like the stories, just to see those guys get get their ring would be crazy. And then Joe Burrow, I mean, the kid would be the first person ever to win the Heisman Trophy, the National Championship, and the Super Bowl. Nobody's ever done that before at quarterback position. So, like, and, and to do it in his second year, didn't even play a full first year. His knee got torn up. The kid's been getting sacked 50-plus times this year. And I just, you know, Jamar Chase, don't forget, in the preseason, everybody was like, oh, my God, Jamar Chase, he's dropping all these passes, and he said the ball's different than what it was in college, and everybody's making this big deal about it. Now everybody's like, oh, my God, Jamar Chase. You know, and it's just like, yeah, you, you can't lose with whoever wins this game, and I think that's what makes this Super Bowl so special. But I, unfortunately, have to continue to you know, ride with the Bengals. I've been riding with the Bengals every week. I'm going to continue. I'm going to take the Cincinnati Bengals to win uh, by a final score of 24 to 23. Mm. Curious. It comes down to a last minute field goal. Uh, I don't know. I don't know about that. Um, I, I think it comes down to a last minute stop. That's what I think. Okay. Very similar to that. Rams Titans game, uh, but not going for a touchdown, obviously. But I that's the Super Bowl I'll always remember. I want to say it was Kevin Dyson who reached for the goal line with the football against the Rams, and they uh and he came up just inches short. That was uh, an amazing Super Bowl, but yeah, I think it comes down to a last uh last minute stop, honestly. When it comes to all the things that people can bet on, it there is a plethora of them, and I know that you know, no one can say, well. I don't know how to do all this stuff or I'm not sure what to bet on or what to do. Like you said, it's going to be a fun little thing to do and there's plenty of options. Anything else that you want to add to this conversation about betting and the Super Bowl and everything else that I haven't touched on that you think the listeners out there will be interested in? Like I said, I think it's important to have fun and there are tons of options out there, you know, so it, obviously depending on what the state that you live in, um, if you're looking to just do like some over-unders, no matter what states you live in, I believe you can use like an app like Underdog where you can kind of just pick the over unders on the players. Um, and it's not considered like gambling. So like you're allowed to do it in, you know, whichever state that you're in. So that's something that's cool to kind of look, keep your eye on. I, like I said, I like Evan McPherson possibly to kick more than two field goals in this game. Um, I love Joe Mixon in this game. Uh, I, I would look at some of some of the like low end total numbers so like you know if you maybe like tyler boyd like look at his yards over under r you know like 
it's easy to get drawn into like the glamour plays and the big names and the big numbers. So sometimes you might want to just look at, you know, some of the smaller numbers because those ones can be are feel more easily obtainable uh, when you're watching the game. And also, don't forget about doing uh, in-game betting, like you know, because the numbers are always changing when the game is going on. So if you like a team to come back take them in the middle of the game you know it might pay off a la what happened with me with the patriots and the falcons game so those are just some of the things to keep your eye on but most importantly you know we're not professional gamblers you know those guys who are professional gamblers praise to them because i don't know how you do it like it would drive me crazy like i drive myself crazy already you know what i'm saying but like it, it, it's important to remember to have fun then there's so many bets out there if my suggestion is too is always trust your gut just always trust your gut it makes things a lot easier if you don't win you know you don't win but if you lose and you didn't trust your gut it's going to eat you alive so always trust your gut and don't forget, you can. I always like to throw out a long shot crazy. Like, so I'll put like $5 on like 10 things to all happen in the same game. And like, you never know. Like, those are the ones that are kind of like fun where it's just like you're on the edge of your seat to the end of the game. It just adds a lot more to watching the game. So just don't forget to have fun. Uh, obviously, gamble responsibly. Uh, that's the most important thing. Uh, you know, I don't want anybody's wives calling me or coming on my show and being like, why'd you tell my husband to bet the mortgage on the bangles? You know, so so like, you, you know, have fun, bet responsibly, uh, gamble responsibly and uh, just do a little homework. You know, it's not it, it's not that if you want to try and make some money, just do a little bit of homework. You know, obviously, look at the playoff games that these teams have played leading up to the Super Bowl. And that'll kind of give you a bit of a gauge of what to expect in this game. As we start to wrap this up, Beard, I really appreciate it. Do you have any shout outs, anything you want to promote? And what are ways can people can reach out to you to talk gambling, even talk Washington commanders football? I know it's hard <laughs> to, to get used to saying that, but what are ways people can reach out to you and what yep. uh, anything you had to promote? So um, we are during the football season. We are live every Tuesday, Thursday and Sunday. So Tuesday, and Thursday nights, Sunday mornings. Uh, you can find us on YouTube. Uh, the channel is Authentic and the Beard. You can find me on Twitter also uh, at Tim Walk on Water and the number two. So, yeah, that's uh, that's pretty much where we're at all the time. And we'll be doing tons of offseason content, draft stuff and everything like that. But, yeah, we do live shows and the chats all we try to keep it interactive. So come hang out with us in the chat. Uh, we'll be doing a bunch of over and unders for the Super Bowl, too. And then we'll do a recap show of what happened in the Super Bowl. So uh, that's where you can find us. I definitely want to say thank you. I appreciate you having me on. This is a lot of fun. Hopefully we can do this again soon, my man. For all the football fans out there, let us know your thoughts on both the rebranding of the Washington Commanders and the wagers. Next time, my guest will be my dad, Earl Holland Sr. We'll talk about his favorite teams, his life, and some timely fatherly advice to me in becoming a new father. As always, all episodes of The Sports Refuge can be found wherever podcasts are heard, including Spotify, the iHeartRadio app, Podbean, Apple Podcasts, and on the Sports Refuge website. Don't forget to subscribe to the show on any of these apps and leave a mention, which we'll read on a future episode. Until next time, this is Earl Holland saying thanks for listening and have a good one.
You've been listening to the Sports Refuge Podcast. For more information about our show and our guests, go to our website at thesportsrefuge.com. Follow us on Twitter at The Sports Refuge, on Instagram at Sports Refuge Sports Blog, and on Facebook at The Sports Refuge Sports Blog. Thank you for listening.